We're going to go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. And I'm going to read. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple verses and let you be seated. And then I'll kind of work my way back through this narrative tonight, if that would be all right with you. Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 9, if you would. If you have it, would you say amen? amen? Oh, I'm so excited about what God's doing in this church. I'm excited about what God's doing in you. Thank the Lord. 6 and 9 of Daniel, wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Verse 10 is very important. This is where I'm going to preach from tonight. Now, when Daniel knew, everybody say he knew. Yeah. When he knew that the writing was signed, when he found out that Darius signed it, it said that he went into his house, his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before the Lord, his God, as he did aforetime. I like, I like that's a big word, but if you were saying it the way I'd say it, you'd just say, he just did like he always did before. It said, when he knew that the decree was signed, he went upstairs and he did what he did before because he wasn't scared. I've come to preach tonight with the help of the Lord. I need him to help me and I need you to help me. But I hope that what I'm getting ready to preach, you can shout out of your soul before you leave here. I've come to preach this tonight. My window is still open. I said my window is still open. Give your neighbor a high five and tell them my window's still open. I thank God for this precious church. I love you sweet people and thank God for you. I'm so grateful for a church that's hungry for truth. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The word of the Lord tells us that Daniel was a man who had an excellent spirit. It's hard to read the story about Daniel and not rejoice. To be quite honest with you, the entire story of Daniel had the odds stacked against him. They were in Babylonian captivity. It was a dark time for God's people. There was really no way to win. I sat down one time with a man that used to have uh, an addiction to gambling. And he told me, he said, uh, I asked him some things about gambling. I said, how do you get, how do you get addicted? How does it get started? How do you find yourself in that place? And he said some things to me about his personal life. And then he said this to me. He said, Pastor, the thing you got to realize. He said, when you go through Las Vegas, 
he said, you just pick any casino you want to pick. He said, but the thing you need to understand before you ever walk in the door is that the house always wins. He said, there's people that win a little bit from time to time. And so it gives people hope that they're going to be the one. He said, but the house is always stacked against you. He said, from the time you walk in, you just know that the house is going to win. But you get addicted to this concept that it's, it's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be that guy. It's, I'm going to be the one that wins. Well, I've never been a gambler. But I'm going to tell you, I understand that feeling. Because I've had times in my life where the house has been stacked against me. But I've let the house know, I'm going to be that guy. Because you can stack up whatever you want to stack up. And you can say whatever you want to say, devil. And you can bring whatever you want to bring. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, you go ahead and stack the house. But I'm going to leave this house with victory. I put, forgive, forgive me tonight for using this. If I offend you, buy me a cheeseburger. But I put all my chips on the table tonight. I put every dime I've got on this. By the end of this thing, I'm going to walk out of here with victory. So you go ahead and stack it all against me, but I plan on winning tonight. I plan on being on the winning team. If you believe it, shout amen. So Daniel, this story is so, so amazing, and the, the three Hebrew boys, so powerful, where they were, how they were treated. But it's also very interesting to note that the thing that caused jealousy in the hearts of the men that came against Daniel was that Daniel had an excellent spirit and the hand of God was on him. Tell somebody tonight, favor ain't fair. It's not fair and it bothers people when they see, when they see people that are blessed by the Lord. But I want to tell you that blessing oftentimes is not something that you just receive. Blessing is a choice. Blessing is the way that you choose to live. Blessing is the way that when all the stress of your job and all the stress of your family comes against you. Now this is just going to be cliche for some people, but for somebody it's going to be victory in here tonight. It's when all the pressure that you can have is pressing against you and the only thing that the devil hears you say is, I'm way too blessed to be stressed. There's no way that you've given me your best shot. You've tried everything you know. But you know where I'm going to be on Sunday night at 6 o'clock when the doors of the house of the Lord are open. You know where I'm going to be when the church doors are open. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord, devil. And there's nothing you can do about it. I know you want me bent out of shape. I know you want me in a wreck. I know you want me on anxiety pills. I know you want me on depression medicine. I know you want me getting counseling 14 times a week. But I'm going to tell you, devil, I've learned the power of victory. I'm going to tell you tonight, I've learned the power of living in victory. That it don't have to look like victory and feel like victory to know I still got the victory. 
I may be going through the trial of my life, but I know whose hand I'm holding. And I know that with God, everything is going to be all right. If you believe it, shout tonight. Go ahead and clap to the Lord, would you? Favor of the Lord's not fair. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a bad day because we all have bad days. But it's so funny. I walked into a place, a business the other day, and somebody looked at me and they said, Pastor, you're always smiling. And I said, Yes, because I have a good reason to smile. Look, I don't want to hurt nobody, but I sure hope I agitate you enough to get you wrapped up a little bit tonight. We've all had bad days, but Holy Ghost-filled people ought not have rocks and gravel in their bottom lip where we drag it around all the time. People need to know the Holy Ghost makes a difference in your life. People need to know there's power in living for God. People need to know that we don't grieve like other people grieve. We don't mourn like other people mourn. We don't, oh God. Woo! Some of us are hanging our harps up on the willows. Some of us are hanging our praise up. Some of us get frustrated like Miriam did. She didn't mind that tambourine when the waters had parted. She wanted everybody playing their tambourine. But when they got to the bitter waters of Merah, there was no tambourine to be found. I'm going to tell you, you need a tambourine no matter where you are. Because you, you don't have to believe me. But let me tell you, your argument can't beat my experience. You can argue about it all you want to, but it can't beat my experience. And this is what I found. I don't care how dark the day is. I don't care how gray the sky is. There's something powerful about praise that says I may be in a spot that's uncomfortable for me. I may be facing something I've never, oh, my, my, my. Abraham was taking his, his only promised child, Isaac, to the mountain. And I, I'm not going to preach this story, but I want, I want to show you one little thing. He walked for three days, carrying the fire and the wood, trying to come up in his mind with what this was going to look like because he knew where he was going. Isaac didn't. But the Lord had told Abram where he was going. He said, you're going to take your only son, you're going to put him on an altar. I'm talking about the worst thing that any father could ever imagine in their lives. But when they got to the mountain, the Bible said that he looked at his servants and said, you stay here with the ass because me and the lad are going yonder to worship. Do you understand what he was doing right there? Somebody would say, well, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Abraham just called it worship. He said, me and the lad are going to go worship. There's something powerful about circumstances that you don't understand and you can't see the hand of God and you don't know why God's doing what he's doing. But your only response is, me and my boy, we're going to go worship. I'm going to take this trial and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to love him with all I've got. Now, I'm not going to be here too long tonight, but I want to preach a concept to you. It's easy to worship when the sun's shining. It's easy to dance when it's feeling good. 
she's not here tonight, but my mother, I watched her over the last several months struggle with her feet. It was, I wasn't used to seeing my mom like that. She was struggling with her feet. And I'd come in here in the church during the day, and she'd be in here walking the aisles praying. And I'd watch her grimace in pain. Her face, you know, you could tell she was hurting. She was in pain. It's, it's easier to walk when your feet's not on fire. Woo! It's easier, it's easier to not bow when everybody's standing up. But when you feel like you're the only one that's standing, woo! the house is stacked against you. And it's, it's a difficult time when the sky grows dark. But we know that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. The rain don't mean you're forsaken. God, I've come to preach to somebody tonight. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm here to tell you the rain does not mean that you're forsaken. The rain means that God is about to be glorified in your life some way, somehow. I don't know how he's going to do it, and I don't know when he's going to do it, but God is going to be glorified in this. I was talking to some folks the other night in Louisiana and telling the testimony of my mother putting her feet in the tub on foot washing and communion service New Year's Eve and how that the Lord healed her. And the pastor sitting next to me from Oklahoma, he said, there's just not a lot of folks doing foot washing anymore. And I said, well, they ought to. They ought to. When you got friends that look at you and say, you know, there's not a lot of people going to church twice on Sunday anymore. You ought to say, they ought to. When people look at you and say, there's not a lot of people rejoicing like you guys do anymore. Well, no, they ought to. Because if you knew how good it felt to dance and shout in the liberty of the Holy Ghost when all hell's breaking loose in your life. I'm not dancing because it's good. I'm dancing because he's good. Can I just tell you tonight, he don't have to ever convince me again that he's worthy of my praise. He don't ever have to convince me anymore that he's good. Now, back in the old days, you know, you'd hear people say, if there's no heaven and there's no hell, I'd still serve the Lord. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm serving him because I don't want to go to hell and I want to go to heaven. But I didn't just sign on to get the ticket so I can say I'm going. I plan on living in victory between the time I said yes and the time he says come home. I'm not going to live my life dragging through all the valleys. Hey, David realized it. He said, I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou, come on, somebody help me tonight. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepared a table. It may be a dark day, but he's with us. He's with us. And so 
There's a precedent that's set early in the story. The Bible said that when they sat down at the king's table, that Daniel had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Now, I want to make it crystal clear to you that Daniel did not decide that when he sat down at the table. Daniel made up in his mind before he ever got to the table, I'm not defiling myself with the king's meat. Because I may be in Babylon, but I'm not a Babylonian. I I may have to live in a system and a structure that I'm forced to put up with. But I am not a Babylonian. I don't know how y'all feel about it. Sometimes I just wake up, go about my day, and at random times I just look up at the blue sky and all I can think of is, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me. From heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world. I may live in this old world, but I'm not of this earth. I'm going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I'll be changed. And so Daniel was the kind of man that had a made-up mind before the pressure came. I feel like I preach along this line a lot in my ministry. I feel like, you know, it was told to me that really every every preacher only preaches about four or five messages in their whole ministry. It's a fact. That's what they say. They say that every, every ministry only preaches about four or five messages. They may have a different scripture and a different title and whatever, but it's like there's only so many things you can preach, you know. When it comes to principle, you're preaching faithfulness or salvation or victory, whatever you're preaching. But I can't, I can't preach it enough in this time that we're living in right now. How important it is for us to make up our minds tonight. Not like, not next Sunday. Tonight. I'm going to serve the Lord. I... I I love, I love talking to these apocalyptic heroes, man. It's amazing to me. You, 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 seen, you hadn't seen them in the house of the Lord. You hadn't seen them serving the Lord. You hadn't seen them doing anything spiritual at all. And, and they say, now, when that old mark of the beast comes, I'm going to deny it. I, I don't see it. What are you saying, Pastor? Can I just be real for a second? Y'all still love me? If you can't deny your flesh, you ain't going to deny a mark. If you can't tell your flesh no, you can't tell God yes. Woo! Ain't that right, choir? We're going to have to be people of a made-up mind. That my predicament doesn't change me. My trial doesn't change me. This sickness in my body doesn't change me. I made up my mind before I got to the table. I'm not eating that meat. 
And so Daniel, this is the kind of man that he is. I believe that Daniel decided on, the, on that camel or whatever he was in the caravan on his way from Jerusalem to Babylon that I will always be a child of God. I'll always be a child of God. The stories are certainly plenteous of people throughout history that hit difficult times and threw in the towel and gave up. There's people, I just passed by Brother Looper tonight on the way in and we were talking about some folks that used to come to this church. He said, has anybody heard from them? Do they know where they are? And said, we tried and tried, don't have a clue if they moved, if they left. He said, boy, it's funny, just, some people just come in go out. And I said, yes, sir, and somebody's going to do that right before the Lord comes. I hope he comes in a faithful season. Hope he comes when your faith is high. I, I, I hope he comes when the sun's shining. But what if when he comes, you're facing the greatest tragedy you've ever experienced in your life? Will you have the faith? Could that be why he asked the question, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? And I've, man, I've preached it till it feels like it's got a rut in it. But somebody that's here tonight needs to hear this in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, he's going to find faith in the earth. And we have a biblical precedent of knowing how he's going to find faith in the earth because John saw it in the book of Revelation when he saw the accuser of the brethren being cast into the bottomless pit. He also saw a number that he couldn't number. He said that overcame the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. John said somebody is going to keep the faith. Somebody is going to finish the course. Somebody's going to make it. I wish somebody had shouted out tonight, I'm going to make it. When I was just a young boy, Brother Don Johnson from Memphis, Tennessee wrote one of the most powerful songs. It's been a very far-reaching song. It's a song that's been done, really it's been done wrong by, by a lot of people. It kind of been recorded several times, and they messed up all the lyrics and got it all jacked up. But I like the original way that he wrote it. He said, sometimes clouds hang low, and I'd like to see them go. I've heard him sing it so many times. And he would step, he'd step up and he'd sing, but I've asked this question. Lord, why so much pain? But he knows what's best for me although I cannot see Woo! so I just say thank you Lord I won't complain God is so good to me oh. I'm gonna make it and I'm not gonna complain I plan on crossing Chile Jordan with a praise on my lips and a dance in my step I'm going to make it. <laughs> I went to Sister Ruth Stennett's house the other day. They'd called in hospice. And 
I walked into her house. She was in the back in her little old bed. Mary was sitting there beside her bed. And my mother went with me. It's, it's kind of cool. My mom hasn't been on, we haven't been together on a visitation like that in a long time. My mom went with me and I was standing by her bed and she got to talking about the old days. Got to talking about some of the things she'd been through. Man, she was so sharp that day. It was awesome. She talked about the last time she saw my granddaddy at the, at the grocery store before he passed away. It was, she was so sharp, just so crisp. And uh, she stopped talking, and my mother looked at him. She said, Sister Stennett, are you ready to meet the Lord? She said, oh, yes, I am. I'm ready to meet the Lord. Can I tell you right now that I love rubbing that in the devil's face? I preached her funeral the other day, and I don't put people in heaven, I don't put people in hell. If you've been around this church, you know that. I don't, I've never made a practice of doing that, but I'm going to tell you, it does my heart good when I can sit next to somebody that's at the, at the portals of death and hear them say, it is well with my soul. You know why? Because you got to make up in your mind while you're standing in the gates of life that it is well before you get to the portals of death. never forget as a kid I'd see Sister Stennett in the in the grocery store and uh, she never went to church any, anywhere else I don't I don't mean she didn't visit I mean she was never a faithful attender anywhere else to church she told her family she said and I'm not going to be either I believe this one God apostolic Jesus name message she had left this church right before I was born late 70s and in 2021, after all the COVID stuff, I remember one morning looking up, and here she came, her and Mary. She smiled, and she got, came up to the front right here, came right up here, raised her hands, the Holy Ghost fell on her, God rebaptized her with the Holy Ghost, and she came until her body wouldn't let her come anymore, faithful to the house of the Lord. And I love telling the devil. That was a long 40 years. But I want you to know, devil, you just thought you were going to win. What are you saying this for? I, I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody online. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in here. I'm telling you, I don't care how long you've been away from the Lord. It's time to come back home. I don't care how backslid you think you are. It's time to come back home. It is time to come back to the Father's house. I believe it's so strong. I'm telling you right now, if there's somebody watching this online, I hope God baptizes you again with the Holy Ghost sitting right there, watching on your phone or watching on your computer or wherever you're watching. It's time for the redeemed to be home. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Somebody asked me some time ago, they said, well, you, do you believe in deathbed confession? I said, well, I guess you can confess whatever you want on your deathbed. Well, what about deathbed repentance? And I said, well, I believe in mercy. But that's not a risk I really want to take. I've been at too many of them where you're standing there and you think, man, this is late. 
I wonder, and, and, and I've, I've told the story, I believe I've told the story in this church about Brother Haywood, Bishop G.T. Haywood in Indianapolis. There was a man that called him in the hospital. He was dying, literally. They gave him like 24 hours to live. Brother Haywood walked in. He said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, well, we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. He told the doctor, he said, this man wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. They said, uh, sorry, Reverend, you can't do that. He said, what do you mean we can't do that? They said, he's going to die. If, if he gets wet, he might die. I'm like, okay. He said, so you won't let, you won't like, let, you won't let me baptize him in a bathtub. They said, no, you will not baptize him in this building. He said, no problem. So he walked over to the man. He said, I can't baptize you in the building. Can we baptize you somewhere else? He said, why not? Brother Haywood put his arms underneath him, picked him up, started carrying him out. And the doctor said, I'm going to call the law. He said, call the law. He walked him down to Fall Creek in Indianapolis. They didn't have a baptistry, I guess. There were two police officers standing there when he got down to Fall Creek. And they said, Reverend, if that man dies while you got him in the water, we're going to put you in prison for murder. He said, that's all right. He's going to die. He wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. Brother Haywood picked him up out of the car, carried him, walked off down in that water. He said, upon the profession of your faith, because you've repented of your sins and desired to be baptized. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. He baptized that man in Jesus' name when he brought him up out of the water. The man stood up and came walking up out of that river with Brother Haywood. Can God do it? Yep. But I'd rather just go ahead and get baptized tonight if I'd never been baptized in Jesus. I'd, I'd just go ahead and get baptized tonight because I'd rather make up my mind right now this is the life I want. This is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be when I go in the rapture or he calls me home. I'm going to be this. Somebody shout amen or oh me. You believe God can do it? Sure I do. But I tell you what, I believe he can do it tonight. We need to get a little boldness on us like the apostles again and say, well, there's water. What doth hinder thee? We got water. And we got a name. It's a name that's above every name. Woo! Someday every knee's going to bow. And every tongue's going to confess. But tonight would be a good night for you to confess. There's only one same name. Well, if I get baptized in Jesus' name, my family's going to talk bad about me. I like what old Kenny Henson said. Used to be one of my favorite songs. I still listen to it. Kenny's been dead since the late 80s, I think, early 90s. He said, call me a dreamer because I call it mine, heaven. I don't care. He said, call me a stranger because I'm homesick for it, but I've never been there. And he goes on this whole long deal. I'd sing it for you if I felt like it tonight. But he said, you can call me anything you want to call me. But when he calls me, 
Call me gone. Well, you're crazy. You just became one of them crazy Pentecost. Call me whatever you want to call me. But when he calls me, you can call me gone because I made up my mind. I'm going to live for God. Call me whatever whatever you want to call me. I just think you people are so foolish. That's all right. I'm foolish. I think you guys take this too serious. Really? Really? You've seen this old world we're living in. And you think we're going to take the kingdom of God too serious? I don't know of a single person in the United States of America this year. Not one. I'm not saying it hadn't happened. But I don't know of a single person in the United States of America this year that had one person hold a head to their gun and say, if you don't deny Jesus right now, we're going we're to martyr you. We're going to kill you. I don't know one. But I do know a lot of people that have walked away. And when we come to the day, and if we have to stay around for tribulation, which I'm doing exactly what Jesus said, pray that you be worthy, be counted worthy to escape these things. I hope we do. But prepare your hearts. What are you? What are you, pastor? Are you pre, pre, mid, or post? Yes. I'm ready. That's what I am. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. And I'm going to be ready tomorrow. If he comes tonight, I'm going to be ready. I'm, look, I'm going to be very careful with this. There's a lot of people that's putting their whole ministry on the line right now saying they know when he's coming in, 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 in pre, mid, or post. Well, I'm sorry, but you're, you're better than the son of man. Because he said, he said, only the father knows. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you tonight? I got feelings about it. I got scripture on it. I got all kinds of feelings about it. I mean, there's precedent set everywhere. Thank the Lord that Noah got in the ark and the door closed before the rain fell. Thank God Lot got his family out before before the fire fell but you you know what a precedent doesn't necessarily mean that's the way God's going to do it what if what if somebody in this room tonight has to stand for the gods of this world and decide whether or not you're going to serve the Lord you're not going to decide that then a father would be a fool to want his children to have to go through tribulation I mean, I don't want my kids to go through tribulation. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to pamper them all their lives and tell me it's okay, baby. You do whatever you want to. It don't matter. Oh, God, I'm preaching right now. We're not doing any favors to our kids, making them spiritually soft so they can do what they're... You go ahead, baby. You don't, don't you worry if pastor don't want us playing that sport. That, that, that's okay. He's just old-fashioned. He don't, he don't know what he's talking about, baby. You just go ahead and go to that dance. Woo! We need some apostolic young people that's got some grit. That when they come home, 
telling their mom and dad what they're going to do. Their mother and daddy said, not in this house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can tell how true somebody's conviction is by how they respond when they have no accountability. And we need some people to have accountability. I'm telling you tonight, this has got to go deeper than platform standards. This has got to go deeper than choir handbook. This has got to go deeper than I, if I don't do that, then I can't be a Sunday school teacher. Dear God, just be a saint of God. Just be a child of God. Just fall in love with this thing. Fall in love with the master. And whatever you got to do, do it. But you're not going to be ready again if you're not ready now. Oh, I got to hurry. Y'all got me stuck in third gear. God help us tonight. I want my kids to know there's a difference. I'm not up here to just harp on this. Please. I think you know my heart tonight. But there's always been a difference between God's people and the rest of the world. Oh, it's, God help us tonight. I'm talking about from the garden on. He said you're different. There's things you don't touch. I've been, te- I've been teaching out of Genesis a lot lately. Outside of this church and different things. I've been teaching Genesis a lot. And, and I, I love it. Because the first thing that God established in Genesis is so powerful that when he starts creating, he separated light and darkness. Isn't it crazy that one of the first principles God established was separation? And we're still fussing to see how much we can get by with and still make it. Light and darkness. If there's going to be creation and there's going to be order, light and darkness cannot be the same. You can get mad at me, but I didn't establish that. The Creator established that. There's going to be a difference in light and darkness. First Pentecostal church family, I want to tell you, I thank God for a church that loves truth. But you can find somebody that will tell you it's all right to mingle in the gray area. But is it not a fact? That he said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. Because if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Look, I don't want to be a version of Pentecost. I don't want to be a version of apostolic truth. I want to be apostolic from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Not because somebody made me, but because I love it. I'm not going to stay here. I promise you I'm not going to stay here. But we got a lot of people in our movement. I was, I'm, 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 not, I'm not going into this, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I've been observing a lot of places and a lot of things. Y'all know I travel a lot. I'm going to tell you, there's people losing battles in our movement right now that they never dreamed they'd lose because they just, we're just going to do this. You guys, you're old-fashioned, and this don't matter anymore. But here's the problem. You listen to me. The spirit of compromise is never satisfied. Well, I think I'm going to say that one more time. The spirit of compromise is never satisfied. 
And when you start compromising to make it easier for somebody, you're not doing them a favor. Because I'm going to have to stand before the Lord as the gatekeeper. Well, I just think it's, I think, I think it's old-fashioned. Okay. Then I guess I'm old-fashioned. But I'm going to tell you what I'm not. I'm never going to be a compromiser. Ain't going to happen. We got, we, got, we, got to, we got to meet the world where they are. Could you give me one scriptural reference for that, please? I'll take one. That we've got to be like the world to win the world. Let me tell you what I found. Come out. From among them and be ye. Uh, that's just, no, that was establishing creation. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Watch this now. Don't touch the unclean thing and then I'll receive you. We got all this language. God, I don't mean to stay here. We got all this thing. I received Jesus. What's that mean? I accepted Jesus. What's that mean? I don't want to know if I can receive Jesus. I want to know, can Jesus receive me? Everybody can have the Holy Ghost. If you repent of your sins, you can have the Holy Ghost. You can receive the Spirit of Christ. But will Christ receive us? The answer is unequivocally yes, because somebody has made up in their mind, I'm going to make it. I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what happens, I'm going to make it. So the Bible said, the favor of the Lord was on him. And these guys got frustrated. Verse 3 said, Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. You know what happens when God elevates his people? It brings conviction to other people. And they don't like it. So they got together and they said, okay, here's our plan. We're going to go tell the king that he's gonna, he needs to write a decree. We're going to build him up and tell him, there's nobody like you. And nobody deserves praise but you. And nobody needs to pray to any other God but you. There's only going to be one God they're going to pray to, and that's going to be you, the king. Listen, this spirit of that age is the spirit of this age. To worship the gods of the system. Y'all hear me? It's pulling on us from every direction right now. People looking for hope in all kinds of places. I don't know if you guys pay any attention to it. If you don't, you're probably smarter than... People that do. I got to watching this week. You know, I'm an airplane geek. Past week they had World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, where they're worshiping the God of Earth. Talking about we're going to change climate and all this stuff. There's a private airport that all these elite people are flying their private jets into from all over the world. The airport manager came over and talked to the guy. He said, we have 120, I think it was 129 flights a day coming into this private airport. And every one of the people getting off the planes are saying, 
you can only burn so much fuel. We're going to take away your gas stove. You're going to drive an electric vehicle. And people are like, oh. Lead us, oh great one. Folks, can I just be 100% honest with you tonight? When the Lord's ready to turn the switch on on this earth, I believe in global warming. It's going to get smoking hot. And when he's ready, I don't care if you're standing there cooking on a solar stove or you're cooking on a gas stove. I don't care what kind of car you're driving, if it's an old square body Chevy pickup, you might be pushing that. I don't know. It don't matter what you drive. When the Lord's ready to turn it up, he's turning it up. But I just wonder, are you going to be ready when he does? System. They were pushing this system. There's only, we're only going to worship you. We're only going to worship. We should only pray to you. And he said, Ooh, I like that. I think I could get behind that. I think I could sign that kind of decree. And so King Darius signed the writing and the decree. And when Daniel knew, oh, this is so good. Verse 10, guys, show it to me. And Daniel knew. This is so powerful. Because he knew, but he didn't care. Well, do you know what they're trying to do? Folks, I'm not being ugly. Please don't think I'm trying to be ugly. I've heard, all, like, for years. I'm, I'm aware of the Johnson Act that's trying to, they're trying to take away tax exemption from churches. And Look, we are spoiled rotten. There's people in parts of the world, there is no tax structure for a church. There's no nonprofit. There's no nothing. It's if you get found out that you're doing that, we're going to kill you. Well, what are we going to do if they take away tax exempt status from the church? Well, if it's his church, what's it matter? Well, our church, pastor, our church can't survive like that. Oh, yes, it can. How do you know that? Well, upon this rock. Well, I wish somebody would help me preach right now. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I know the potential that's in the evil and the corruption that's in this world. But somebody is going to make it. And when he knew. That the writing was signed. He went into his house. And his windows were still open. Ooh, we better close our windows. We better be careful. Because what if they find out? Daniel said, I don't care if they find out. It said he went back in. And he did as he was doing before. I've come to preach. I'm done. But I've come to preach to this church tonight. That somebody needs to remember what you were doing before the decree was signed in your life. Somebody in here needs to remember what you were doing 
when the doctor's report was signed. Somebody in here tonight needs to do what you were doing before they gave you your diagnosis. You need to remember what you were doing before you lost that job. Whatever you were doing, giving glory to God, you need to go right back. When you know they've signed the paper and say, I don't care what it is, if he was worthy before the doctor talked to me, he's worthy after the doctor talked to me. Can I see him? I'm almost done. Hi, stinker. Ooh. He feels the Holy Ghost. I remember the night I was back here working at the church. Brother Jordan, I can't remember, I think he texted me. He said, they've told Kate she's she's got to come to the hospital. She's 30 weeks pregnant. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but Sister Kate was born premature. And her, her mother passed away giving birth to her. And so when Sister Kate went into preeclampsia, you can imagine the fear. Brother Jordan said, we got to take her down. They said to bring a change of clothes. We're going to be there for a few days, and more than likely we're going to have a baby. She was 30 weeks pregnant. What you looking at? He came, he came back to the house. Man, I was... All dirty, working. We walked out there and grabbed Sister Kate. We went to pray. And I'm going to tell you, there's something about it. He said, Lord, we're believing you. We, be- we believed you before they called and said, come down here. And we're going to believe you after the decree's been signed. Well, I just want to tell you. In staff meeting every Monday, he lets us know the devil didn't win. I know. This is my, this is my little buddy, but I'm going to tell you what he is. He, he's a testimony. I will not be afraid. And I'm going to do what I did a four time before the decree was signed. We went in. They sent pictures. Went in. He was the length of my hand. I couldn't believe it. When I walked in, I couldn't believe a child could be that little and live. I was like, what in the world? And so several weeks went by, and I had to leave town. I don't remember where I was. And I got this picture with this carpet. I was in California. I got a picture of this carpet right here in the altar. And a little man here was in his car seat. When they brought him home from the hospital, they said, we're going to do as we did a four-time. Ain't that right, Boogie? They brought him to the house of the Lord, and they laid him on the altar. I'm going to tell you, this whole thing starts at the altar. It's going, you have to live at the altar. 
no matter what the devil says, no matter what decrees are signed, my window's open. I'm going to trust the Lord, and God's going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful. Don't you be back talking. You be good. Let's stand together. I look back there tonight. I sure don't want to embarrass people. I looked back there tonight and saw Sister Abby grinning so big both ears were wet. I'm going to tell you, fear is powerful. Got a text from Sister Morgan. My blood pressure's through the roof. Had this baby. Just don't know what to do. Next service. I looked up. Here she came. Dragging that baby. She said, I need the Lord to help us. We prayed the prayer of faith. She went home that night. And guess what? Her blood pressure was still high. So you know what she did? As she did a fourth time. Went to bed that night, got up the next morning, it was lower. I said, well, thank the Lord for that. Reached out later. I said, how you doing? Is it still low? She said, no, sir. I said, well, we're just going to believe God. I laid hands on her and prayed again. I said, Lord, you started it. You're going to finish it in the name of Jesus. Bring it into balance. Look, I'm going to do as I did a four-time devil. You can't discourage me enough. My windows are open. Somebody in here tonight that's been in a struggle. You've been in a dark season. You ought to kick that window open tonight and say, Lord, you're still worthy of my praise. And I praised you before, but I'm going to praise you tonight. Woo! Somebody's going to make up their mind that you're going to make it. I wish you'd shout it tonight. I'm going to make it. God, I feel something in here like this. Ah! Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Woo! Now, it's going to be easy for you to worship when the music starts. So I'm going to give you a chance before they start. Woo! I'm not talking about emotionalism. I feel something moving in here right now. Somebody's going to get the victory before they sing tonight. Somebody's going to get the victory before they play tonight. You don't know whether you've been coming or going. You don't know you've been so turned upside down. But tonight you're going to have the victory. And you're going to leave your window open. Let them sign the decree. But I've got victory. Come on, let it happen. 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 Let it fall in here right now, Lord. Let it fall in here right now. Oh. 
Stress and anxiety. My God, I feel a cancer healing spirit in here right now.